Hello and welcome to the Tool Assisted Podcast. Today is the 30th of July, 2019, and today we're with Colin from last time, also known as EasyGame69, and Memory Taz, also known as Memory. And we're talking mainly about the Bonk series, but we'll also be talking about a range of other topics. So Colin, you are on last time. Can you briefly reintroduce yourself for those who didn't catch the last episode? Yeah, so my name is Easy Games, or my real name is Colin. Um, I do a lot of different uh, uh, tasks for different games. The last episode, I mostly focused on the Splatterhouse series because I did Splatterhouse 1 and 2. Um, I also did uh, a task of Bonk's Revenge with Memory. Good stuff. And uh, Memory, so... This is actually pretty interesting because this is the first time we've had a Taz Video staff member on uh, the podcast. So can you briefly tell us, I guess, a bit about yourself and also a bit about what you do on the site? All right. Um, hi, I'm Memory. Memory TAS. Please don't call me Taz. I get that in Twitch chat a bunch. <laughs> um, so I'm a current judge on TazVideos.org. And I've also tasked a bunch of games. N- notably, like, all right, every single TurboGrafx-16 Bonk game and the NES Bonk's Adventure. Um, as judge on task videos, I, like, look into, like, a lot of, like, I look at submissions and make sure, like, that one, they follow the rules and stuff, and two, that they're of decent quality, like, and, like, determine tiering and stuff. So, like, Tash Videos has three tiers, Vault, Moon, and Stars. I really only deal with the first two. The last one's more the Starman, but, um, depending on entertainment and on rule stuff, like, I usually determine whether or not it's um, Moon's or Vault. And the other part of it is, you know, checking to make sure the task is good. And that's actually how I got into the Bonk series. Um, I got, like, we got, got a submission for Bonk's Adventure Nests. And I felt I could do way better than that. And I ended up testing the whole series, more or less. So when was that NES submission? Like, I think like May of of 2018. Okay, so did you then go through and like co-author the Taz with the original submitter or did you just like take over and find a lot of improvements? Eventually, like at first I was planning on co-authoring, but then I just started over completely more or less. I had watched um the... Bonk's Adventure and Bonk's Revenge tasks, like the TurboGrafx-16 ones, and I pulled some improve, like some of the things I realized like were applicable, yeah, applicable between TurboGrafx-16 and NES, and like that's how I got some of the improvements. And like I, I was actually thinking about doing TurboGrafx-16 before. Like, I noticed some things that could maybe be improvable, but I didn't actually get around to it until after NES. And funny enough, uh, when I, uh, the reason why I did Splatterhouse in, uh, was because I had done uh, Bonk's Revenge on Topographic 16, and <clears throat> it made me wanting to 
it, it made me want to do more TurboGrafx-16 games. And Splatterhouse was one of those uh, games that um, was kind of interesting to me, so I did that. Hmm, interesting. And like TurboGrafx-16, uh, I was noticing it's pretty advanced compared to some of the other consoles at the time. Do you often have to deal with lag reduction and stuff, or is it that powerful that you don't? Um, usually I don't have to deal with it too much in regards to that. Though, I don't think it's so much the power so much as just, like, being aware of the limitations. Like, when it comes to, like, the individual games. I imagine other games are more laggy than up. I think in my, I th- I think in my experience, uh, mostly, most of the TurboGrafx-16 games don't have a lot of lag in them. Like, like, yes, there are some games that do have it. But I think overall, like most of the games are pretty, uh, pretty consistent and not lagging as much. Like for Bonk's Revenge specifically, um, there can be so many sprites on the screen, and yet there'd be no slowdown. Um, although there are other games where that just isn't the case, is maybe it's not optimized as much. But uh, yeah, I because like even for Splatterhouse, there was like no lag at all. Bonk's Adventure is a weird case in regards to that. It has, like, some lag, but, like, the game still continues to run, for the most part. Like, it has input lag more than it has, um, like, you know, just full stop lag. Oh, so the character will kind of compensate their movement for the lag or something? Like, it it won't read your input, but it'll still move the same amount. Oh, yeah, we were going through that with, like, Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64 last episode. They're very similar, too. By the way, Memory, um, since... I want to ask a question about judging in particular. Um, What would you say was probably, like, the most difficult uh, movie to judge? Or just, like, to, like, analyze and stuff like that? I don't really remember off the top of my head. A lot of the times, I have, like, trouble when there is... Not as much feedback when it comes to determining tiers. Mm-hmm. City connection was annoying <laughs> because everybody because everybody was wrong. And <laughs> yeah, um, uh, just so you know, eight um, uh, bit. I was one of the authors for that task, so <laughs> it was it was kind of a mess. So basically, the issue was that. The game actually looped a lot further than we thought it did. Uh yeah, I'm pulling it up now. Actually, yeah, okay. So like right now, um, right right now, uh, the the current publication is a warp is a is one with warps, but it obsoleted one that was supposed to be warpless, and the one the one that's warpless did not finish uh, all the unique stages. Okay, so it was, what, 4 minutes 35, and then your new Taz was, like, 10 minutes or something? Yeah, because it completed more of the game. Reminds me of that Spider-Man Atari game. Didn't a similar thing happen there? Not aware of that game much. Hmm, I think people just found, like, new screens on it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. But So do you have to redo some stuff? Like, is there fairly repetitive gameplay to get to these extra screens? It was more that the backgrounds repeated, so, like, like it had, like, the game had, like, six backgrounds, and we thought, and basically it was thought, oh, you did all six backgrounds. That That's clearly the end. 
and it's like, no, they're actually using <laughs> program stages. It's not like procedurally generated or anything. Like that was the impression I was going on was that it was like some sort of procedural generation, but no, it, it was <laughs> like pre-programmed unique stages. So how many unique stages are there in total then? I wouldn't remember. I haven't I haven't done it in a while. I think like sixteen. Hmm, cool. Yeah, I think that would all those controversial ones that split people, it's very hard to make a decision. You almost would you find that you're influenced by the audience a lot about what they think should be should and shouldn't be published? When it comes to what should and shouldn't be published, not really, unless it's a strange category. So basically, for Vault, like we have Vault, which is pretty much if it's fastest completion or full completion, and it follows the rules for those, it's good as long as you know it's legitimate and doesn't suck. Like, um, for Moons, it's. Like, if the category is something weirder, like Super Mario 64 DS Jump List, like, then audience participation comes into more into, like, whether or not it gets published. Yeah, because you can't put that in Vault, can you? Because Vault's only for any percent or 100%. Yeah. I'm a bit nervous about uh, that Moon's requirement because I'm trying to do uh, Cynthia Knight Maria All Bosses, and We've determined that, um, well, th there's this boss that you can actually fight um, through methods of a glitch, which you're not supposed to fight as Maria. You're supposed to fight them, fight them as a, as Alucard. Um, Alucard. Yeah, the boss, the boss in, in uh, the boss in question is actually Maria. So it would be a Maria versus Maria fight. Um, but the issue that I had with doing that boss was that um, this setup for getting into the room where Maria is. Um, it's very tedious because uh, the way that it works is that um, you have to wait for a certain statue to move uh, to clip you out of balance. And that statue takes about a minute uh, before it can move. So um, there's a lot of wasted time if I were just to like try to do the, the clip right away. So what I'm trying to do is uh, figure out if I can come back later and uh, and get into that room like um, at a, at a time that the statue will move right away, so I don't have to like sit there um, for an entire minute or less. But uh, I mean, I I don't mind showing it off. It's just I, it's the setup that's kind of making me nervous. But I think I think what I, I think my plan is going to work out. I'm gonna split on it myself. Like like I get both sides. Um, though, if you've heard, like, anything at all about, like, Symphony Night, like, Alucard, there's a segment in it, like, that is called the Quack Rush, where basically you want to get past that statue in time, like, in time, since it's cycle-based. Yeah, and Clock Rush, um, won't actually matter too much to me. It matters in a different way in this task, because of the glitch. Yeah, but if I didn't have to, if, if, like, for example, I didn't have to, if there was, like, no way for me to fight Maria um, in this category, then Clockwish would not matter all that much because 
Um, I'm fa- I'm able to get fast enough to the clock room to be able to get past the statue. And even if I wasn't able to, I can easily just like change the sync settings uh, for Saturn to uh, to start to start power on at a certain time. So then uh, so then the clock would be out of the way by the time I get to that room. Is, uh, is that clock actually based on the real time on Saturn? You can set it. You can set it to be real time, um, but you can also set That's it crazy. to be. A, you can set it to be a certain time. All right, so it's an option, basically. Yeah. It's like obviously, you don't want it to be based on real time if you're doing like RTA. That would be awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually remember uh, when Rom Scout did a. Uh, did a run of Maria all bosses at G- at a GDQ. I do not remember which one it was. I remember that he had a. I think it was thirteen. Yeah, um, in two thousand thirteen, he um, he uh, sorry, blanking. Um, he started out uh, like turning on the Saturn, but like immediately going into the uh, clock settings to change the time to be like a certain uh, to be a certain time. And then, and then he like started the uh, uh, the game as normal. Of course, yeah, having to like get past a uh, a region lock with a uh, with a cheat uh, thing, or I forget what it was called. But uh, he also had like a timer on his phone, so he knew exactly like when the clock would uh, would change, because that statue moves uh, every other minute. Hmm, cool. Yeah, I could see why that would be useful for RTA. Reminds me of the um, Gen 4 Pokemon where they're constantly changing the clock before runs as well. Yeah. I don't think I actually ever got around to explaining like how I got into tasking and like all that in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask you that, memory. <laughs> yeah, so like game, gaming in general, like what did you grow up with and then how did you get into Tazzing? Alright, so basically, my introduction to gaming was... Alright, there was, like, educational games for PC, um, Lego.com games, uh, and at this party, I went, like, party of like this friend of the family or something they had a super nintendo in their basement and i played a bit of super mario world on that and then my first like console was a game Boy advance and then gamecube and from there i ended up getting a ton of crappy licensed games and having every glitch possible occur to me in even good games <laughs> and that kind of set the stage for what i would be doing later because i am like very familiar with good games glitching on me in ways yeah, I that i said... did not anticipate yeah i think you said before like um when you used to play games casually it was always like you were just trying to find uh as many glitches as possible no, I would try, like, I would try to find the intended way and end up finding as many glitches as possible. <laughs> um, or sometimes I would get completely lost and end up screwing around instead and find glitches that way. So, 
in 2007 about i googled metroid and found a site called metroid 2002 which was like basically the hub for metroid speedrunning at the time had like a ton of glitches ton of sequence breaks on the main site and had forums and that was pretty much my like introduction to speedrunning more or less From there, I found SDA, and I kind of, like, didn't really do too much with it at first. Like, I've posted, like, some tricks here and there, and some, like, sort of throughouts, like, the bare minimum to complete the certain game. But I didn't really get into it. I kind of stopped paying attention to it as much until about 2013 or 2014. And then in 2015, I saw this um, run of this Bionicle Game Boy Advance game that I owned as a kid submitted to SDA. And they got stuck on this one segment, and I kind of knew exactly what was going on. But it... Like, they just didn't realize what was going on in time and wasted, like, a minute or so on that one segment. So, but I felt kind of bad for them. So I just found a way to skip, like, half the game instead. <laughs> nice. And then nobody knew about that before. No. I think, like, and I kept finding glitches in that game. And eventually the RTA runner just kind of vanished. So I was just kind of left wondering, like, what am I doing this for? And then, you know, I was like, screw it, I'll just test it or something. I don't have an, a capture card anyways. And that and that was pretty much my introduction to testing, was that Bionicle GBA game. Like, I think a lot of the glitches I found, I had actually found when I was a kid. But I had to rediscover them. And, like realize how they work and how they could be abused and that was my first task more or less i did two iterations of it before i like i submitted the second iteration of the task to task videos and that was my first submission then i did metric prime hunters for the ds uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for the Game Boy. And Sonic Ponic, bleh, Sonic Pocket Adventure before I before I became judge. I have a question. Um did you uh when you when you did the uh when you did Bionicle for the uh, GBA, did you use Test Studio at the time, or uh... absolutely? It made it a lot easier for me to get into testing. So, so what would you say? What would you say? Like, is the because uh, when you're switching over to like BizHawk, which has Test Video, which has a uh, Test Studio, um, to DS, which has the old method of testing, um, was it kind of like a rough transition? Honestly, it wasn't too bad. I I think. 
starting out with Test Studio made it easier for me to like understand the concepts. And then I didn't need strictly need it as much. It's nice, but I didn't need it per se. Well, because no Test Studio puts me off testing some consoles, to be honest. But I suppose if you got used to testing it by hand, the traditional method, it would be okay. The real problem with DS was the fact that I didn't know about auto-hold stylus until I was pretty much entirely done with Metroid Prime Honors. So that meant I would... So with auto-hold stylus, you, you just click on a spot and then it'll like automatically press that input unless you toggle it off. Like, it's let's say like 128, like 53 or something, it's coordinates. So like you press it and then it, it'll constantly press that spot until you either move the position or you toggle it off. I didn't know about that, so I had to manually click on this emulator every frame I wanted to do touchscreen input. I had some interesting hand positions. Wow. Was it very hidden, or did you just never like think to hit that I button? didn't... It was... I kind of didn't realize it was in the hot keys, but... It was... A lifesaver once I found out about it, but it was already kind of late at that point. I think I was like five minutes or so left in the task or something. <laughs> well, it's funny looking back on those old methods you have for tasking, and like some of them are very inefficient looking back on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about learning how to use the emulators better. Yeah, like like even right now, like um I, I'm redoing my very first task and there's a lot of things I did not know when I first made that task. Um, like, I didn't know that you could, like, shift up and down uh, inputs using uh, insert and control delete. So, I, oh, that's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I, cause, like, every time it, I, I want. If it wasn't for the fact that the home button is right next to it, and I often ex accidentally press that button and delete a frame at the start of the task. And that gets rid of all your green zones, and, and you have to watch the entire thing over. That's why I save ridiculously often. If you have turbo, it's fine. But if you have, if you're doing a system that where turbo is basically useless, then it can be very annoying. <coughs> Saturn. Yeah, there's sometimes weird things like that that can happen and cause desyncs as well. It's just oh, very scary. Yeah, and that's another reason why I really don't like to do movies unless there's like a input role with it because I'm afraid that something's going to desync like when I try to replay it and I just have no idea how to fix it. I would have to like, it's, it, it's just not really convenient basically. Like I would prefer to have like more control over uh, the inputs that are made in, in a movie and not have to like deal with a bunch of other crap. Yeah. I feel I'm able to adapt a lot easier. So, like, that isn't too big of an issue to me. I just need to be more cautious. That's probably what you need for being a judge as well. Like, you need to be ready to be able to test something on DS to compare, for example. I would probably not touch it if you couldn't emulate it on BizHawk. DS is the least of the problems. You have, like, MAME to deal with. Then there's JPC. 
for Daw. What the heck is that? Daw. What? What? Like I've heard, like basically, Slamo is like I thought this was Tassing was like until he tried like any other emulator. (laughs) (laughs) And don't you have to like try out Tassing and see if you can beat the Taz sometimes as well when you're judging? Oh yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Basically, I have what is called what I call more or less the one-hour rule. If I don't like have an avenue of, oh, I see an improvement here. Like, I think this might be improvable, or oh, there's an improvement here. Like within about an hour, like I, I think it's pretty much good enough. Cause like, the point of judging isn't like, oh, this has to be perfect, perfect. Perfect. Like, people are going to be new. People are going to like. There's going to be like different skill levels of testing. Like even amongst people that have doing it for a little bit. And like, I don't want to set the bar like ridiculously high. So the important thing for me is like, can I beat it in an hour? And obviously, obviously, I also want to make sure that like said improvement sticks. It's not like, oh, you saved one frame and then actually it's a frame roll, so it doesn't matter. Like, that's... No. But... Yeah, Symphony of Night has a lot of that. And you obviously don't want to reject uh, a movie if, if you can find, like, one frame improvement. Yeah, that was my next question. What if you spend an hour and then, like, 59 minutes in, you save exactly one frame? I've done that more once, at least. I feel like in that case, uh, all you would really do is like, like let the author know that, like, hey, I found a frame improvement. Uh, do you think this is something you can incorporate? And well, the pro- it wasn't. I don't think it was exactly like a frame. It was a second, but the problem was it was Bomberman sixty four, the second attack, like the party mode speed run. Which was like two hours long or something ridiculous. And was incredibly RNG heavy. So... (laughs) Like I found an improvement on one of like... One... Like a hundred or so levels. So it's like I'm not going to reject over this. It'd be nice if it was incorporated but whatever. Mm, yeah, and because speed games develop so quickly, by the time they incorporate that, people would probably find new tech and obsolete it anyway. Well, it was just, well, Bomberman 64, like, second attack, like, party mode is kind of weird, because, like, half of the modes are to- are just timed. Like, it it. It was like a tournament system in the battle mode, which was more or less the multiplayer, but like there are some modes where it's like, oh, you have to get the most points within 60 seconds. So you're not going to speed up the 60 seconds at all, like other than reducing lag. You just have to be able to win, but other modes are timed, like in that set of modes were timed. Okay, so what, like, half of it's an auto-scroller and half of it's not? Yeah, more or less. Well, it's, it's, well, I wouldn't say half, 
because the half that isn't on the scroller ends up being a lot longer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I have a f quite a few games from my childhood that are actually like that half auto scroll or half not, and I've been tempted to test them, but then put off about all the auto scrolling. Lawnmower Man on Genesis comes as an example. Yeah, uh, I think we could probably move on to uh, Bonk now since we've already talked a lot about a lot about different topics. Yeah, probably about time too. So, like. Bonk, pretty much mascot of the TurboGrafx-16. Does one of you want to kind of explain what kind of game it is and the context at the time when it came out? So, Bonk is a series of platformers. It seems like it was more or less intended to be like a rival of sorts to Mario and Sonic. But the difference between Bonk and... Alright, one thing about the TurboGrafx-16, like, in general, is that every, like, aside from the initial batch of controllers, every controller for the TurboGrafx-16 PC or PC engine, as it's known in some regions, is that they, all of them have turbo, like, turbo built into the controller. So turbo's actually a feature. Rather than like something like some GD controller accessory. So the Bonk game, like a bunch of TurboGrafx-16 games actually like incorporated a hidden feature or two like that took advantage of Turbo. And in Bonk, that was air spamming. Basically, if you spam the attack button in every Bonk game, more or less, you like sort of hover and it's actually a feature i think i remember seeing a tweet from your memory that you were like debating whether or not it was a bug or a feature and you reckon it was a feature there there should be no debate it is definitely a feature it's even in like the demo screen of um bonk 3 imagine how frustrating that demo would be to see if you didn't have that turbo controller like one it's of those insurance like, you'd, well, one, you'd be, like, one of the first TurboGrafx-16 owners ever, if you were, because every turb every controller for that system had it, aside from the first few. I heard a rumor that the, uh, that the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, that's supposed to come out pretty soon, it won't have turbo controls, which I'm very appalled by, although I, I don't know if they changed it. I heard it. it will, but not in Japan. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder the Japanese communities love their turbo controllers. I think it might it might be the case that like um like the initial PC engine controllers were like only like the ones without turbo were only in Japan. It might be that case, I don't know. But that that's like my theory. At this point, the uh, TurboGrafx-16 Mini um, seems pretty faithful to, uh, to the original um, console. Like, I was worried that they won't be including any Bonk games, but um, one of the trailers that they re released probably like two weeks ago, it said it's going to feature Bonk's Revenge, which is pretty nice. Revenge is probably, like, the best for casual, at least. Uh, one thing about the Bonk series in general is that 
the games are very wacky. Like, compared to, like, Mario and Sonic. Like, even though, like, Mario's, like, a plumber that jumps on turtles and Sonic's, like, a talking hedgehog, Bulk's really weird. Like, you, like, in the first game, you get pooped out of a dinosaur. In the second game, like, you, like, go on board this ship and, like, every, like, there's these dinosaurs dressed as, like, waiters. And then, in, like, the and, like, when Bonk gets powered up, his head becomes a butt. A head butt. Yeah. And in the <laughs> Super Bonk for the SNES, like, like, if you're giant and powered up, you, like, become, like, your body turns into, like, either a chicken or a dinosaur, but you still have Bonk's head on top. Also, and I've mainly seen these, like, by watching the Tazzes or watching the speedruns, completely out of context of ever having played the game, so it seems weirder from that perspective, so. One of my favorite cutscenes in uh, Super Bonk on the Super Nintendo is uh, after you beat the second world boss, um, a dinosaur will, because, because you're inside of a dinosaur's mouth at this point, um, the dinosaur will, like, sneeze and, like, He'll sneeze you out of his nose, and then you'll be shot into the uh, into outer space, and that's how you get to the to the third world. It's a really weird series, but it's so funny. <laughs> but uh, we don't we have we have not done the Super Nintendo version yet, and I don't think memory's up for it at all. No. Has anyone done speedruns or tests of it at all? Uh, they've done their speedruns, but. There's some issues with Super Punk. Oh, actually, you know what? This remi- I just remembered something. Um, last episode of this podcast, um, I had made a mistake. Um, I was trying to give uh, Lat Mackey a shout-out. He's the speedrunner of Bonk's Revenge, who, who uh, did the speedrun at GDQ. But I accidentally said that um, he was the guy that did the TAS at GDQ, which is not the case. So I'm a bit embarrassed about uh, doing that. So just want to correct you real quick. Oh yeah, no worries. I, that's in the show notes there as a correction, but it's good to have it in the <laughs> audio as well. Yeah, how convenient you're on for the very next episode. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I watched through the GDQ run of Bonk's Revenge, and it was very fascinating. Like TurboGrafx 16s as well. They were very expensive, so. Perhaps that's what made them a little bit less popular than, say, Mario or Sonic. They definitely seem superior, technically. Like, it's a very, very smooth game for 1991. The thing is that the TurboGrafx-16, despite having 16 in the title, it only had a 16-bit graphics processor. It actually had an 8-bit CPU. So it was basically like a beefy... uh... 8-bit console. The, the other thing is that um, uh, it, it doesn't support uh, parallax scrolling. So, like, a lot of uh, Genesis and Super Nintendo games, uh, you'll see, like, backgrounds, like, moving, um, like, in different uh, the frequencies. Thing about, the thing about the TurboGrafx-16 and the PC Engine, well, like, PC Engine is pretty much the name of it outside of the U.S., um, in Japan, it was actually the first of the 16-bit 
consoles. So it was, in a sense, a bit more popular in Japan than it was in the in the West. Like by that by the point in time it was released in the West for, I think like the Genesis was out. Yeah, if you put it if you put it next to the Genesis, it's not super impressive. But if you put it next to the NES and the Master System, it really is. Yeah. So I'm always I'm always confused about like the Turbo Graphics. Does it take like CDs or cartridges or both? I can never like tell. Depends on which. All right, the original PC Engine and Turbo Graphics sixteen they took cartridges. However, there was an updated model that used CDs. Okay. So both, I suppose. Um, I always really like what I've played on it has been really impressive, especially Ease 1 and 2. They're amazing on that console. Like, Bulk 3 was actually released in both formats. Like, initially it was just on the cartridge version, and then they updated it to... be released on CD, and they changed a bunch of the audio for for better or worse. Is there any gameplay differences between the two? As far as I could tell, no. But main, well, I think there was like a side mode or something that was different, but that's not really relevant. I prefer the original soundtrack, though. It sounds a bit more wacky to me. And, like, Wacky is really important to Bonk. Definitely. And you probably prefer the original loading times, too. I never actually, like, messed around with the CD version on Emulator. I just looked at, like, a long play or something and figured how it worked from there. Personally, I like the uh, the sound chip for the uh, TurboGrafx-16. I think it's really cool. Though, I do feel like I didn't give Bonk's 3, like, CD versions soundtrack enough of a chance the first time. It's not bad, aside from the final boss theme. That is awful. I still haven't heard that. I need to listen to that soon. Yeah, I'm a bit like that coming back to the Ease series. Like, it's really amazing soundtrack on the TurboGrafx-16, but I am very nostalgic for that Master System soundtrack. And also with the FM sound on Master System, it's really good. Anyway, um, want to talk about the run now? Yeah, definitely. Normally, I would recommend... Like, normally you would think, oh, let's talk about them in chronological order. This is one series where that doesn't really work, because for whatever reason, they pretty much alternated between engines. So, Bonk 1 uses one engine. Bonk's Revenge uses a different engine. Bonk 3 uses the first game's engine. And then Super Bonk, which is essentially Bonk 4, uses the second game's engine. So they just alternated between engines for seemingly little reason. It's possible that they could just have like different developers for each, uh, each game. And then it, like they never just had like a consistent one. Although that's just a theory. I'm amazed that crossed over to the Super Nintendo as well. It crossed over to the Super Nintendo after the uh, after the Turbo Graphics, I think, was discontinued in the United States. So, um, so Hudson Soft and I think Red 
they they just decided to release release a game on uh on Super Nintendo. Oh uh, yeah, what I mean is like I'm amazed that the because you said the second game's physics are very similar to the fourth game. I'm amazed that they are similar given their different systems. Like I and like I found addresses for both, and it's like the speed, etc., work pretty much like they do in the second game, except four removes everything, either removes or nerfs everything fun, and that's why I don't want to do it. Yeah, I I remember uh, trying out because um, I, I had I had tried it before, but just with no knowledge of like how the Bong series is, but. The second time I tried it, which was after I did uh, Bong's Revenge, I had realized something that really made me angry was that every time you land, after you do a jump, Bong's speed goes down to zero for about one frame. And I was like, oh, come on. I hate this. It doesn't actually go down to zero for one frame. It, it just, like, subtracts, like, a certain amount of speed every time you land. Yeah, and I, I hate that. It's, it's so bad. Um, But I think it's best to actually discuss Bonk 2 first, because Bonk 3's, like, similarities with Bonk 1 is more important. Like, really important. So, like, alright, in Bonk 2, a lot of, you're pretty much, one of the most important things about Bonk 2 is that there's this item called Meats, like, there's these meat items, and if you grab one, it'll... If you grab a small meat, it'll increase your power-up level by one. If it, you grab a big meat, it'll automatically increase you to the highest level. And whenever you get to the highest level, you have... You're invincible, and you're a lot faster. So, you generally want to get to, like, meet, but that effect is only temporarily. Eventually, the invincibility wears off, and then you get into, like, this one and a half level. It's really hard to explain. It's, like, Bonk's mostly, Bonk appears, like, identical, but it just isn't flashing, like, between levels two and three. So basically, the meat is like um, this game's version of uh, mushrooms uh, and fire flowers from Mario. So, although it, it's only one item. For a pe- yeah, thing is, like, for a period of time after you get, like, the level, like, what? Basically, there's a period after you get to, like, be basically the fire flower level where you're even better, but, like, you're invincible and you move really fast, but that doesn't last forever. And power-ups in general don't last forever. You generally go down to, like, you slowly degrade to, like, power level 2, and then power level 1, and then no power-up. I was going to say it sounds a little bit like Supersonic as well. Um, But you get a cutscene as well for eating that meat. Is it ever the case where it's, like, not worth it to go to that higher level because of the cutscene of eating the meat? It almost always is, but there are some ways around it. Um, Alright, so the lower levels do give you a speed boost as well. It's 
it's identical for both like power level one and power level two, but it's not as high as like you know the highest level. But there there are methods of maintaining that speed indefinitely. Obviously, like all right, one of the key tricks in the entire Bonk series is air spinning, where you spam the attack button. Obviously, the first way that was thought of to, like, maintain that speed was to, you know, just stay in the air for longer. Because only on the ground do you get, like, reset to a lower speed, assuming you don't hold, like, the direction pad. However, we then found a trick where you could basically bunny hop, where if you jump and only press right like or left on d-pad right when you land you maintain all the speed and you can just maintain like a high level meat speed for the entire level if you do it right okay so then the cutscene is definitely worth it and um so in the air you're like holding neutral but for one frame on the ground you press right and then you jump again or left Cool, so like, who actually found that? Was it fairly recent, or it's been known for a while? Colin actually found it, but we didn't really realize the application, like, just how how, how we, it we, worked until much later. I think we mostly found it um, in some of the later levels, because um, uh, we'll probably get to that later, although if, you, if it's okay to talk about it. Um, one of the later levels of the game, uh, there's these conveyor belts that, um, pretty much give you like the fastest movement in the entire game. And uh, what you can do is you can actually stack up um, a bunch of speed if you like do bunny hops on those uh, on those bunny conveyor belts. Off the conveyor belts, it like adds like 480 speed or something like every time you jump off it. So it through bunny hopping, you just keep the speed from landing, but then it adds additional speed, so you just keep building speed forever. Assuming you have enough conveyor belts. It seems so weird that it's adding and subtracting to speed rather than setting your speed to a specific value. Well, I think it's just how the game, uh, uh, how, how it deals with speed. Because, uh, like, if you're still moving, like, like, if you're on a, if you're on a, on a surface that will make you move, like, it probably will have a harder time trying to reset that speed. But if you're on a surface that doesn't make you move, then, then it can easily, uh, turn it down. Can you ever build up enough speed off those to, like, clip through walls? No, there's not enough room, unfortunately. Okay. Like, the only conveyor belts in the game are at the very end, so it's unfortunate in that sense. Yeah, I really wish there was more conveyor belts in the entire game. It's, like, there's, like, you quickly build up enough speed that you don't... You, you you could make it through the like level pretty quick. It kind that level in particular kind of zigzags. So you can't just toll like left or right the entire way. You have to zigzag around. Oh yeah, but they would help to like speed up the section. Yeah. The other thing um, about that level, about that level in particular, is um, you have to try to manipulate a meat drop 
from some of the boxes in that level. And an easy way for us to do this is to uh, pause the game at, at certain areas. Like, I basically um, grinded uh, every single possible pause that I can do uh, to manipulate as many meats as I can. And it was a bit of a challenge. Like, uh, when I had done this, when I had tried doing this game uh, as, on, as solo, because I, I had done an iteration of this task before, and then memory jumped in to improve some more stuff. And then I, I had you do the first meet, and then I'm like, oh, I just skipped the second Crab Crusher. Oh, I just found out you could build up speed forever. Guess you have to redo the first meet. <laughs> yeah. I'm mostly like after I finished my iteration of this task, memory went through and uh, tried to improve as much as, as she could. The only thing that she couldn't do was most of the bosses because those, those kind of re required a bit of knowledge onto how to deal with. Like, specifically for um, the second boss, which I think is like a rhinoceros type of... Camera. It's, a, it's based off a dinosaur. I don't remember the name of it is. It's like a Triceratops, I think. I remember that, that the boss name... Oh, tri Triceratops. Yeah, okay. But I think it's the name of the dinosaur. But the name of the boss is like Witch Doctor or something. <laughs> um, so anyway... So I so anyway, on that boss in particular, she was not able to get the quick kill that I was able to. And the way that I get the that I was able to get the quick kill is that that boss has two different hitboxes, one for its body and then one for the top of its head. So what I could do is I could actually get inside of um, like in between both hitboxes. And so if you were so I don't know if we ever mentioned this but um uh, it, when you're in the air and you press the attack button once, Bonk will spin, like, halfway, and then he'll, like, dart down, downward, uh, onto an he'll enemy. Do like a dive. He'll do, like, a dive motion, but he won't stick up his hands like he's diving. He just hits things with his head. That's yeah. Bonk's main attack method in general, is just hitting things with his head. Yeah, so... And, and every time you uh, you land on an enemy with, with your head in the downward position... Uh, you're, you will immediately like have your head going up again, and you bounce off enemies whenever you hit hit them in that way. Also, yeah. it deals damage. Yeah, and also there's always a hitbox on the top of Bonk's head, no matter if he's upright or downward. So if you were, you can actually like hit enemies from below them, and you can hit them with your head, and you can do damage. So the idea is to get between those two hitboxes. And just kind of like alternate hitting both of them. So like I could do like a dive, uh, a dive bonk, and then immediately like go back up, and then hit the uh, other hitbox, and also and then go back down again, and uh, and just just keep doing that alternate, just alternating that to get the quick kill. Can you alternate that every frame, or is there a bit of a delay on it? Um, there's a bit of a delay because uh, like hitting hitting them downward. Uh, will make you go back upright, but hitting them from below will not make Bonk. Uh, it won't. It, it won't make him go downward right away. You have to kind of like manually do that um, on the frame that you already hit the uh, the hitbox from below. So whatever whatever delay that is, um, it's kind of like that. But it's it happens so fast that it doesn't even matter. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, what would what would this look like with you two working on that, Taz? Like, who's doing most of the inputs? Who's so you said you did the bosses, Colin? But are you both doing a lot of inputs, or is one of you just throwing ideas around? Basically, Colin did the first iteration. Then, by that point, I had finished um, both versions of Bonk's Adventure, the first game, and I was like. You know, I think I could do, but I think I could do better in certain spots. And so I basically had a look over the entire game. The reason why I did this game in particular was because after Memory submitted her uh, her NES bonk tasks, um, the tasser of the original PCE version of that game came in and said, "Hey, there's all these other improvements that you can add uh, to the first game." So uh, she was like, "Okay, I'll 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 do that then." And that got me interested in looking at the other games, so I t- took a look at uh, at the current tasks for Bonk's Revenge, um, which was done on the, uh, I think it was like a 2009 task by Fuzzard. And there was a few spots um, that I noticed that really did not really make any sense. Like, there was one point in the first level where, uh, where Fuzzard, like, went forward, but then, like, immediately, like, uh, backtracked to pick up a, a meat power-up. And I was like, I don't think there's any reason that you need to do that. So I, I, I tried doing that level for a bit, and I got ahead. And then I was like, okay, so I'm going to just finish this. And maybe I can, like, finish this by the time uh, Memories is done with her tasks. So, like, we could, like, both submit them at the same time. But then I ended up um, waiting on that submission because I ended up submitting it to Marathon. So... My Bonk's Adventure PCE task came out much later. Anyways. Okay, is there still footage of that marathon showing? Or Yeah, I think there's a, a VOD up on the uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, if you send it to me, I can link it in the show notes. Okay. But anyway, um, so, so I, had, I had finished that iteration. Um, actually, there was two iterations I did by myself. Um, the first one... Uh, it was, it was fine, but then, um, but then I realized that there was a way to skip the, uh, the stage, uh, splash screen, and it's really weird because, um, it's not like you can, like, press start to get rid of it. You have to press both one and two buttons to get rid of that, and at this point, I was trying to get a sub-18, and I didn't get it in my first iteration. Like, I was probably, like, 10 or 12 seconds off, but... Because of this, um, this, spl- this stage splash screen skip that I was able to get, I was able to get past that. And so that, that second iteration was done, and I had to like resync all the other uh, um, stages, which was not easy, especially the, uh, the last few stages where I had to manipulate um, a meat drop with pauses. So I did that. But, um, but when I showed memory, uh, she wasn't, she didn't think it was, um, all that optimized, which, so, so, so then what she did was she tried to like do a bunch of stages and she ended up finding quite a little bit more improvements, which were either overlooked by me or were just like things that she just found on as she was doing it. Like the first, the first screen of the game is kind of different from a lot of like other like platformers. Like, a lot of the times, platformer, it's head right. 
in Bonk's Revenge, the first level, you actually want to go up. It's the waterfall climbing stage. And, like, one thing that I think is really trick, kind of tricky to optimize in testing, and, like, like really sets, like, people apart in terms of skill, is, like, turning around. Like, in that stage, you have to zigzag a lot. And, like, optimizing just, like, how much you zigzag is really important. And, like, that's why I felt like I could do better on it, was because, like, just optimizing zigzags is very hard in, def in general. Yeah, and even when I, like, tried to improve some of her zigzagging, um, I was never... It, it almost doesn't feel consistent. Like, you could, you could like, go a little bit farther to the right on a waterfall and then go left, and then, like, that's faster. But then, like, if you go even farther right and then go left, um, it won't be as fast. Like, it's kind of really... It's kind of... It's almost random, I would like, say, but... That, that level is, like... Slope, has a bunch of slopes as well so like you go further left which is like so which is further away from like the next waterfall segment but it's higher up so like it's sort of a bounce there yeah I remember going through a lot of this zigzag optimization in Sonic 1 on the Master System it's always hard to tell like what axis you're trying to optimize for with your movement, and it's always changing back and forth. It's very difficult. Exactly. But um, yeah. and there's and this this level in particular actually makes a return um, near, near the end of the game. Although I would say that level that version of the level is a lot more easier to optimize because you can actually bounce off a lot of enemies, which will get you a little bit higher up in level. And like Memory just uh, said, there's also a really big skip at the end where we can manipulate. Um, two flies yeah like you draw out some enemy flying enemies and then you just barely hit the um next loading zone from below yeah and that probably saves about like i don't think we ever timed it but i'm gonna say probably like three or four seconds wow that's pretty good one thing that sort of drew me to the Bonk series in general, and was why I sort of like picked, oh, like picked um, the Nesk game right away, was I had the the Tur Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Game Boy game I had dealt with before, like I had tasked before, had like this hover mechanic, which was like really important between like for saving time, and so like. The fact that Bonk also has hover mechanics was sort of why I picked it up. Because one thing you can do with hover mechanics that isn't, like, in a lot of games is that not only can you, like, use them to fall slower, but you can actually also use them to fall, to fall, like, you know, to fall faster in a way by, like, skipping the, the part of the jump where you're still going up. Like, so, like, you can cancel a jump by hovering. If you hover and then stop hovering, could you, like, jump up, then go sideways for a bit, then continue a little bit of that upwards arc, or not? No. You immediately... 
All right, so in all bonk games, if you airspin, it will set your vertical speed to zero for a little while. And that means, and then after that, you will fall. Yeah, so you're not going up after attacking in the air. Unless you land on an enemy. That will bounce you. Okay, yeah. I have done a game where, where it is the case where even after you, like, hover for a little bit, you'll still get some upward movement. And that was uh, the Lion King 2 on Genesis. And it looks really stupid. Sounds like it. I thought you were going to say um, Donald Land, actually. <laughs> I still need to freaking. Oh no! Um, like, some like submit like I, I'm planning on submitting that at some point with like, um, like team fours, like most of the stages, and then I think it was your team's last stage that I would graft onto the end. I spent so much time on one of the rooms in that last stage; it was ridiculous. But yeah, Team 4's effort on Donald Land was insane. I don't know how they optimized that so well. It's such a hard game, though. Yeah. Anyways, but the thing is that with hover this kind of hover mechanic, it means you can cancel your upwards momentum. So that means if you need to land sooner, you could do that with hovering. Yeah, and I think that's used uh, quite a lot um, in the conveyor belt scene, so you can, like, uh, hit the... So you can hit the conveyor belt as soon as possible, and you can build up so much speed. Yeah, so you repeatedly... Like, you hover so that you stop going up in your jump. And then you land on the conveyor belt again, and again, and again. You want, uh... Uh, that's, a, that's a good point, actually, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't put two and two together when you said those two things. Clever. There's also a really interesting movement tech, uh, tech involving swimming, which, uh, well, well, first off, I just want to say, uh, at the beginning of the second level, Memory found a really funny, uh, or the way that she found, uh, a faster movement in the first room of level two was pretty funny because, uh, she. I accidentally fell through so, a log. And nobody else <laughs> has done it before. And it's like, that's just a thing. Oh, dang it. Did it happen again? Did another game break on me accidentally again? Typical. Please tell me you were recording a button file. Oh, n not only that, but it's in the task. Well, I nice. triggered it later on in because water speed was kind of faster for that. Yeah, so water speed is a bit interesting because um, if you uh, if you start swimming um, like after just uh, staying idle, you'll actually get like speed faster than um, than like normal walking. However, if you uh, if you keep pressing uh, the directional button after a while, it will just set you back to a slower speed. Um, but what you can do is you can like alternate pressing the directional button on, like, on, maybe on every frame. I don't know how she did it. But basically, you can prevent uh, the game from setting you back at that slower speed, and you can just, like, alternate uh, uh, going the faster speeds. I think, it, I think it's, like, easier when you're in normal bonk state. I think all you have to do then is just, like, jump or 
um, do a headbutt, and then you'll just keep the speed that way. In in the level in the screen, like pretty much right after the conveyor belt screen, is a le- the one le- level in the game where it's convenient to use this crab transformation. The crab transformation you get by getting crushed. Bonk. Um, (laughs) I saw that in the GDQ run. It looks so weird. And it's not very clear about how you lose the crab transformation. You sort of just like get hit. You get damage and then you get turned back to normal. And in that state, it's much more complicated to maintain speed underwater because you can't. you can't jump as much. You can't. There's no head bonking. So, I had to kind of do this weird thing where I, like, pressed right until I reached the point where I would go over the speed cap and then get reset back to the lowest speed. And then I would drop a little in speed and then start pressing right again. And then. There's also this way where if you land on something, your freeze, your speed temporarily freezes. So I abused that. So like, in addition to the pressing right thing, I also landed whenever possible on the high speed. So it would freeze for a couple frames. And the inputs there are just a mess. Is that high speed, like, a little bit over the speed cap, or not? It's, like, it's at the speed cap, basically. That is, like, so similar to um, Sonic 1 on the Master System. Very, very similar trick there. And I think there's a few games that will do stuff like that as well. Funny how they program it. It also This also happens um, when, you, uh, when you revert back to level 1 bunk. Because, like, you know how you have, like, different levels uh, depending on what meat you get? If you press right, does it go down to level 1 speed straight away? No. In fact, for some reason, when you're changing from level, like, from level 1 to no power-up level, instead, for some reason, you briefly get even more speed. Like, you get to max speed. Like, you know, max meat speed. You get close, but not quite. And if you abuse bunny hopping, etc., it can actually be beneficial to go from, like, level 1 meat to, like, no meat at all. Just by abusing the higher speed of the transition using bunny hopping, air spinning, etc. That's really important in, like, I think the start of the beach stage and also at the very last of the, like, final trap challenges right before the so what would ever be the point of going to the higher level higher level is even higher than that it's just slightly and okay and it only works after like the the transition boost as i'll call it only works like as like over like slowly like Meat power-up levels slowly degrade over time. Like, you go from level 3 to level 2 to level 1 to no, to 0. Like, over the course of however many seconds. And so, 
you basically have to route it out so that that so if you're going to take advantage of the transition boost, you have you want to route it so that it happens as soon as possible in the stage. Will that boost happen when you're going just from one to zero, or if you're going just down from any one to zero, not for any others? I don't know why. That was one of the things that was removed in Superbonk that I dislike because that was actually pretty fun in Revenge. Okay, and one one thing we touched on a little bit earlier is Colin was talking about manipulating the meats. So, I thought of them more like mushrooms in Mario as in being in set positions, but are they completely random where they can be? Some are predetermined. Some are not. Mostly you, you get, uh, like, that's really the only level where... Um where meat drops can be very RNG dependent. Um, otherwise, mostly you can just get meat drops uh, from flowers. Yeah, Do they have RNG in it? No. The they... orange colored ones are always guaranteed to give you a meat of some sort. If you if you jump on it regularly, it's a small meat. But if you head if you dive into it, it's a big meat. Well, actually, um, if, it, it depends on how fast you're laying on the, uh, on the, on the flower. So, like, if you were, cause, like, if you're, if you're gonna dive down into the flower, like, you're gonna, you're gonna go very fast. So, that, that's how it picks it up. But if you were to, like, jump onto the flower from, like, a very high, from, from very high and then land on it, you're obviously gonna go to the fastest speed. So, it's gonna register as the big meat. And other meats are just placed throughout the levels, like, like, they're just out in the open. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say if it's random, then the Taz would be a lot faster than RTA. The other thing I actually wanted to mention was that RTA speedruns can be a bit um, slow, just due to, like, how... Because, um, like, you can Funny go... One, well, yeah, a yeah, brain so... perfect input. Yeah, and the other thing is that um, sometimes when you're when you're spinning the air, you can accidentally uh, uh, bonk your head on the ground because when you when you bonk your head on the ground, uh, bonks say you are going to a complete stop. Yeah, you, you 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 stop for probably like one or two seconds, which wastes quite a bit of time. And uh, actually, let me look up to see what the uh, world record for this game is. And that actually reminds me of something I forgot to bring up. So normally on the ground, you do a headbutt if you attack, but not if you're on the, if you're level two or level three, instead you spit fire. That's not very important for this engine, but it is for the other engine. And I'll get to why when that's relevant. Okay. So the world record is uh, 23 minutes and uh, 37 seconds. And for comparison, the task is 17 minutes and 18 seconds, which is uh, quite, a, quite a bit of an improvement. Or I, I guess it, quite a bit of a difference. What's the difference between practice, intermediate, and expert? Like, Taz has to play on expert because it's the hardest difficulty, but... Yeah, so in this game... Um, Sorry, the, the amount of levels? Practice, you do the minimal... You do some amount of levels. Intermediate, you do more levels. Expert is all of the levels. 
Are the levels the same between all... Like, suppose you have to do level one in all three. Is that the same no matter what yeah, difficulty a, you're playing it, on? It is the exact same. It's not It's not an actual, like, difficulty level. It's just, like, how much of the game you play. So a task for this game is obviously going to have to play the expert level because it, it shows off all the content. One of the big differences between RTA and tasks is that bunny hopping involves the frame perfect input and the D-pad press when you land on the ground and the jump. Both of those pretty much have to be frame perfect, I think. The other thing is just cr crab speed manipulation is like impossible RTA more or less. It's, like, theoretically, oh, like, you can get a little bit out of it, maybe, but it's very tricky. Like, it's, like, only a five-frame window before you go back to, before you hit that speed cap. And you'd have to be hitting it all, you'd have to be avoiding hitting it all the time. The other thing that RTA does, uh, mostly, is um, it, it, it tries very hard to get as many meats power-ups as I can, because obviously you're, obviously you're going to go the fastest speed or just at a faster walking speed than normal bunk. Uh, in the task, though, uh, we don't really have to do that because, because um, like in RTA, you're always going to make mistakes. Like You're always going to like run into walls, which would uh, lower the amount of uh, meat time that you have. Uh, so in a task, like we can optimize yep. it to always like get as far as we can with the meat power that we can that we that we have because otherwise if we were to get every single meat on our on our way um we, we then the cutscene that plays when you get a meat would definitely waste time the other thing is that um meats also give you like an additional hit it will take a, it will take take so while level three is invincible Level 2, if you get hit, you'll go down to level 1. At level 1, you get hit, you go down to level 0. Yeah, you can only really take uh, you can only really take heart damage if you're um, if you're level 0. And also, what's interesting is that um, the hearts are kind of not like each heart does not represent um, a single hit. Like it can represent I think like three or four different hits. Because all that really happens is that um, the heart will like get smaller. There are some enemies though that if you do get hit by them, like it will take a heart of damage, like a, like a full actual container of a heart. Uh, but that doesn't really happen too much. I would say this game is fairly um, fairly forgiving when it comes to uh, damages, because uh, it, it gives you a lot of health, and it also gives. The other thing is that um, a game over. Um, or I, I guess like when you lose a life, like you don't get sent back to, uh, the beginning of the stage. You, you just like, you just take, you just kind of die and you're in the area that you were in before for like a few seconds before like coming back, coming back alive. And, um, he kind of takes a nap. This game, does he take a nap? Yeah. I, All right. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's, he's just kind of like, oops, I'm dead. Alright, I'm back. <laughs> the game sounds very generous with health. Kind of reminds me of, like, Sonic's rings being generous as well, I guess. Yeah, but if you do ever run out of lives, that's not good. That's really bad. Is a game over just 
completely a game over? It might be. I forget. I've never I've never gotten the game over. But I I but at the very least you have to restart the entire level. I do know that. At least that's true for Funk Three. I love how confident you were there, Colin. I've never gotten a game over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that also that's also because like I have kind of rarely played this game casually. I think I think um Yeah, no, that's fair enough. When um I, I think th- the only bonk I played casually was actually three. Um yeah. Uh I think once um I'm actually planning to probably take a look and maybe get in the uh TurboGrafx sixteen mini when it comes out. Just because uh I wanna I wanna support um uh this console because I, I want it to be like more well known. Uh because I think I think it's really fun to play, and it's it, yeah, certainly underrated. Yeah. Also, I was trying to say earlier, um, I like how every single comparison that you that you make has to relate to Sonic. <laughs> no, no, it's just a coincidence. I promise. <laughs> it did come out in like the same year, so. Though. No. So I mentioned before that Bulk Four, like Super Bulk, uses the same engine. So a lot of the tricks I've mentioned before were either nerfed or removed. Like from going from level one to level zero, no longer gives that speed boost. Um, levels one and two don't give any speed boost. Only level three gives a speed boost now. Um, bunny hopping. Every time you bunny hop, you lose like twelve speed or something like that. Instead of zero. So, like, max meet speed is 640. So, every time you land is, like... Now it's, like, 6... 628. 6... 6... Um... 616. Something like that. You know, one thing I also... uh, I think I forgot to mention was that... uh, you can actually go max speed as level zero bonk if you're in an ice level. So you can actually like uh, walk on, like, and I think it's the third uh, level in the game. It's like a snowy level or ice level, and uh, like even on snow, on certain like uh, slopes that are a bit icy, you can actually like get up to full um, full speed on them. Either that, or it just, or just ice is pretty interesting in the Bonk series in general. It's more interesting in the other engine, in my opinion, but it's still cool in the the revenge engine. Pun unintended. Yeah. One one other thing um, about <laughs> also about bosses in general, um, your position and when, and when you finish the bosses also matters a lot because. Uh, after you defeat a boss, Bopper... Mainly... Well, it, it differs depending on where you fight the boss. Like, the, you fight all the bosses once, and then you get a rematch at the end of the game. Sort of like Mega Man style. Yeah, so... So, the way that... So, so every time you defeat a boss, Bonk will, like, do a little dance, and then he'll jump up in the air, and then land at a certain position on the screen. Um, it's usually best to... Uh, Position Bonk in a way where he is doing that animation as as fast as possible. So, 
Like you don't want to be jump. You want you don't want to really be in the air too high um, after he, he kills an enemy. Otherwise, um, he'll take longer to uh, fall down into the position he used to. Um, yeah, but there, that was actually something I found over you was that you actually want him to be like a little higher than you you think. Like it's weirdly variable, like what height Bonk stops at. And it depends on when you, where you are when you defeat the boss. I think like the key height was like ninety nine or something. Because then you like end up at like you end up jumping for the least amount of time. Okay. Like, but that was mainly for the rematches. Yeah, and the other thing um, is that uh, when you actually like leave the screen, you want to have Bonk be um, as as far right as possible because as soon as he hits the uh, the end of the screen, then the level will end. So there's a few spots where like as soon as we beat the boss, um, we have to like try to move as far right as possible. Some bosses you can actually like finish the f the fight. Like immediately on the right side of the screen, like I think the first and the uh, and the third or fourth, no, it was the fourth boss that you could do that. Um, but for the rematches, like all that really needs to be, all that you really need to do is like focus on uh, the jump height, because uh, Blanc does not leave the screen on the right side. Instead, he just like floats up in the air. Yeah, I'd imagine that would play into a bit of the strategy as you're fighting the bosses. Um... Is there, is there much RNG with the boss movement, or is it fairly yeah. predictable with what they do? Yeah, a lot of the bosses are... Most of the RNG in this game involves bosses, and that was kind of the reason why Memory wanted me to uh, do the bosses uh, when she was improving everything, because she just couldn't get the same results as I could. Though there were like, a couple of exceptions for a couple of fairly simple fights. Like, the rematch... At at the end of the game against the Trolley Ballerina Dinosaur. That one I did mostly because one, like I was able to set up the perfect height for jumping. And two, I was able to set up the perfect jump for hut like for the jump at the end of the fight. And on that fight I set up like a transition like I set it up so that the meat timer would run out just as I'm starting this really long horizontal stage. So I would get the transition boost and like go through the um that set the next segment at really at a really high speed. Oh, that's awesome! Does that cost you any time in the previous stage, or is it just routing? It's just routing. Like I intentionally take a hit because oh. I, because I know that like I'm not going to get like a full meet in that next stage. Like a full meet would be ideal, but it wasn't happening, so the idea was, alright, set up a meat transition boost as soon as possible in that next area. That'd be pretty difficult, like, all of your levels seeping into to each other in the Taz, um, affecting each other like that. The worst part of it is that in this game, in most... In, like, this game, in Bonk 1, like, both versions of Bonk 1... Subpixels do transfer over between screens, but not yeah, that, not, that's um, rough. <laughs> but not um, not like 
regular position, just the subpixels. So that kind of leads into my next question. Is the game, if you discount all the meat timers and boss RNG, is the game sync friendly? Not really. You you have to do a bit of adjustment every time. Yeah. Okay. That That's why we pretty much had to go through the entirety of the game. Like, whenever we found an improvement. Well, thankfully, I did it and we both did it in order the entire time. So, like, we kept finding additional improvements, like, each iteration, like, and yeah. So are you each comparing, like, level by level, or did you only come together at the very end to see? Mostly level by level. There was enough time saves in each iteration that we could pretty much almost always, like, save a little bit of time each time, like, with a couple exceptions. Yeah, and you'd be getting better at the physics as well and stuff, so it's always worth redoing it if you can. Um, is there much else to talk about with Bunk 2? Like, any other Not- mechanics in there that are worth noting? So, in the game, there's, like, these smiley power-ups. Like, there's these smiley items placed throughout the level. If you get enough of them, you can get a warp, but it's not worth it in this game. However, in Super Bonk, which is based off of Bonk 2, it is worth getting them. Because at the end of Super Bonk, there's like a bunch, there's a really long auto scroller. Unfortunately, you can't skip the auto scroller, but you can get enough smileys in it to like skip the next stage or something. I don't know too much about Super Bonk, but I believe that's right. So, Colin, have you? So the warp skips uh, the stage. Smile. I I didn't. I don't remember doing too much research on smileys in Super Bonk, but from what I understand. It, the smileys are kind of useless in that game because it's only used for like one area, and uh, I like like that's what I heard. I never really looked farther into it. I think it's just like to get a certain upgrade, which I don't know if it's really useful in a in a speed run. But again, I honestly have no idea. That that's all I know about the smileys in Super Bonk is that they're they have some sort of use, but. Compared to the other bot games, they're pretty much useless. So what do they do? If you get enough, they skip a stage or something? Um, mostly, like, as far as the PCE versions, um, they just, like, allow you to play, uh, like, bonus games, which... I, I thought that it was different for each one. Yeah, I, like, think, I think so, too. Revenge, I think... I, in Revenge, I think it's it's the skip a stage thing, but it's just not worth it. I don't think no, I don't think that no. I'm pretty sure it's um like if you collect one uh, smiley, like it allows you to play a bonus level at the after you beat a boss. Like I'm pretty sure that's how it's, how it works. Because I remember that we tried very I'm hard to space all it because I read that into thread something like that into thread. Yeah, because um because I'm mixing I, things. up. Yeah, because I remember that we tried very hard to not collect any at all, and which was actually very easy because uh, you don't really encounter very many smileys in that game. There's only like a few places where we have to like purposely avoid them. Like I think the last, um, I think the other waterfall level, like at the very last area where you uh, have to do the damage boost off the flies. Like I think there was one point where I was struggling to like get past a certain smiley in the area because. We, like, barely miss it in our tasks. That reminds me more of Bonk 1, actually. 
Interesting. But yeah, um, smileys are kind of uh, they, they can either they can either be useful or just screw you over in a speedrun. Seems so funny that you have to intentionally avoid them, and they're supposed to be like a good item. I mean, there's a lot of games like that, like Pepsi Man comes to mind, where you where you have to like avoid as many cans as possible so the uh, counter doesn't uh, doesn't take up most of the time. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, Toto World Three on the Master System is another example of that. Well, then you got Crash One as well, where you want to get as many boxes as possible. Well, if you're doing, but not all. Of them. Well, if you're doing a hundred percent. Well, if you're doing 100%, you want all of them, but if you're not, I'm assuming the counters like slightly faster. Well, yeah, cuz it drops each box on Crash's head that you missed. Yeah, well, I think um, but I think in the PlayStation 1, unless you're on the Japanese version. Yeah, cuz I think on Japanese like you can press a button that skips the entire animation. Well, on Japanese it just drops one on his head. Oh. And it just says how many you missed. But on the US and PAL version it drops every single box on your head. That really is some of the point. <laughs> um, yeah. But on the US and Power version, you can also like skip that whole animation by dying in the level. So <laughs> always a toss up about which is faster. Yeah. I, lo- I love I love seeing Crash die in, in his games because they're just so comical. It seems that a lot of the categories in Crash games have him dying a lot, like Crash Two is <laughs> over abuse as well. Yeah, interesting about that. All right, is there anything? Um, is there much else to talk about with? Oh, sorry, Yonk. No, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think there's really much else we have to say about uh, Monks Two, unless Memory has anything to say. All right, so Bonk Bonk One Bonk's Adventure. Um, so you two also did the task for this. I'm I just going to double check. I this. have not yep. done the task for that. Um, I only the only game I, the only Bonk game I did was uh, Revenge. So I'm kind of less knowledgeable I, I, on this here. I've done solo every bonk except for revenge. Like the rest are all me, pretty much. Um, yeah. Okay. So one and one and three is more your territory there, yeah. memory. Um. So there's a big, big difference right away with bonk one compared to revenge. In bonk's revenge, your max walking speed was like 360 or something, and like. There's like various iterate a lot more. It, there's a bunch of iterations in between that. And bulk one is four. Speed works completely differently. Like there's a lot less iter like you know like little variations between speed and the bulk one engine. Can you have subpixel speed like four point something or just not at all? It's not. I don't think speed is like strictly like tied to like um pixel movement it's like a speed level of sorts uh, okay so speed is not like your change in exposition per frame I don't think so I'm just going to quickly interject just because uh, since I don't know this game as well I think, I think I'm done here no worries Colin yeah we won't keep you um, can you remind everyone where they can find you before you leave yeah so um, on Twitter, uh, my at is uh, easygame69. Uh, no capitals, no spaces. I don't think I don't think Twitter keeps track of capital letters, so they just, don't. Guess they'll find yeah. out. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mayor. Yeah. And uh, my YouTube is uh, um, 
I don't know the actual URL, but it's just easygames uh, underscore. There's no 69. Um, you can also find me on Discord. Uh, I'm usually pretty active in the uh, Task Videos Discord. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should probably start linking that Discord in the show notes, actually. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I might do that. All right. That's probably going to be, be it for me. Uh, have fun, you too. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming on, Colin. It's always very fascinating to hear about it. And uh, yeah, nice to see how passionate you are about the series as well as you are memory. <laughs> I think memory is more passionate about it than I am, though. <laughs> well, it's for all the bunk kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them, except the ones I don't feel like doing. Like, I don't feel like doing Super Bonk. I don't feel like doing the Game Boy Bonks. I don't feel like doing the- all the all the bonk three and earlier bonk kids then. Yeah, bonk kids rise <laughs> up. All right, uh, that's it for me. See you later, guys. There no is. Thanks again, Colin. Oh, goodbye. Have a good one. All right, where were we on bonk one and three? All right, so speed. Like, there's a lot less there, like variation between it. Um. So one thing is that every time you land, assuming you're above speed three, you get reset to speed three if you land on the ground. That's pretty important throughout because that means one, you want to avoid landing. Well, unless you land on your head, then you will end up at speed zero. Well, yeah, you're never going to want that. Um, Is there like, can you eat meat to get more speed in bunk one as well or not? Okay. It in level only the level three gives you speed in that one, and it gives you six speed. However, there's an even better method of getting speed in Bonk One, and that is bonking off a flower bud. In Bonk Two, if you if you do a headbutt on a flower bud, you will pick it up on your head, and you could toss it around. Not the case in Bonk One and Bonk Three. In those games. If you bonk, if you headbutt a flower bud from the side, you recoil off it, and that gives you seven speed. Oh wow! And so the key there is to avoid is to then jump to extend it, and then start spinning in order to keep the speed, and hopefully bounce off enemies or do damage boost to just keep the speed through the entirety of the level, more or less. In Bonk 1, the level layouts are a lot more, hor- are very horizontal for the most part. Only a couple of them are vertical. So, like, half the game, you're just going to the right at um, at the flower boost speed. And how but common are these flower boosts to have common. in the levels? Very common, and sometimes very early. Hmm. Um, Do you ever get meat in that Taz or not? Yes. yes. Um, some cases it's not early enough or sometimes it it just doesn't line up. So one thing is that I mentioned before, every time you land, you get reset to speed 3. That, that means if you land at all, your flower boost speed is gone. So sometimes you just have to land. And... The advantage of 
meets is that you could keep like you can quickly build back up to speed six so if you need to you can just use the like and also meat gives you a higher jump which is, can be important do you ever combine the meat speed with the flower speed and kind of um, get a higher it, jump to get further yeah i i do that in like in the second screen of the game i think i i use both the important thing is that like but obviously the animation for the meat takes longer so i there's not as much meat involvement in bonk one but sometimes i do use it and if it's like sometimes it's just your only option yeah, so it wouldn't give you more than seven speed, obviously, but having the meat would help you stay in the air longer after the flower, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Um, There's a couple other methods of getting speed. Like, I think bouncing off of on top of a flower, like, dirty spring flowers that make you jump really high, and that they will... um allow you to get up to speed 5 which is slightly higher than max walking speed so sometimes they take advantage of that um, clouds will give you speed 5 um, I think vine, swinging from vine will give you speed 6 or was it 5 I don't remember uh, another key thing is that but there's a different advantage to meets in this game Meat for each level of meat, you do double damage. So at level three, you do like eight times the damage or something. Wow, so I take it you're stocking up for bosses then? Well, a lot of the time, there's not a meat close by, so but it's really important for the level two boss because that boss has like long anim animations between phases and between attacks where it's vulnerable. So, I think, like, the way I do it, like, the first encounter, you just do two hits or something, and then you're done. And it's really important because the animations take forever. Is there ever a situation where the boss is sort of, like, the devs wouldn't expect you to beat a boss so soon, and it causes weird effects because you have me at that quite, point? Not quite, but... I'm pretty sure there's at least one situation in the test where I don't think they expected me to get a meet when I did. And that's at the very end. Yeah. There's like a big meet uh, right before the boss rush. And I just barely make it in time so that I get um, a little bit of meat left over for the second boss, which is the one with the really long animations. And that's how I save time by grabbing that meat because it's actually a little bit of a detour but it's like just barely fast enough that i can get to the second boss and then skip a little bit of downtime hmm yeah so <laughs> it's pretty good that you can do the second boss both times with me it's sort of like in my brain reminding me of cuphead i'm not sure if you've seen speed runs of that but they beat the bosses so quickly that it messes up all of their cycles and glitches out their behavior. 
I guess the boss cycles may not be that complicated in this game, no. but this game in general is much less complicated than the others, especially in terms of level design, and even the boss behavior is not that complicated. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think many games from 1990 would have super complicated bosses. The other way of getting speed in this engine involves ice. Ice in the Bonk 1 engine is really cool. So, one thing is that if you do an airspin and then land on the ground, it doesn't matter if you do a dive or airspin and then land face up. No matter what, you'll start slipping on the ice. However, that that slipping lets you go at speed 5, which is slightly faster than walking. However, to cancel out of that slipping, you have to press like 1 and left, and then Bonk stays still for a really long time while he stops slipping. So the only time I abuse it is when I'm about to go off the ledge. Because then I don't have to stop slipping. Because if you're slipping, you can't jump. So if I just go off a ledge, then it doesn't matter. Okay, but even compared to some of the other stuff, like a 5 doesn't seem as good as the 6 you would get from the meat or 7 you'd get from a flower. No, but then there are ice slopes. And in ice slopes, as long as you... The longer you go down an ice slope, the more speed you build up. Wait, I think the max I get in this task is 9 off of an ice slope. Well, I'm amazed the game knows how to interpret that correctly, actually. There's another... The ice level in general is what um, led me to think that I could improve that task before I found out about the big skip that was found after the task was made. Like, there were just a bunch of little sloppy movements in the ice level that I felt could be improved. Mm, that's often a sign of like underlying things like maybe a lot more can be improved then if you can see it on a macro scale yeah like once like he had to like do this stopping slipping animation thing and went through it in its entirety and i felt it could be done a lot better and i found a way to skip that entirely mm. yeah no, that's a good idea um, I think there's probably a lot of stuff that that original author found as well that helped you, but it's like several years later, new tools and having two brains looking at it rather than one really does help you squeeze out those frames. Well, it, this this was mostly this was pretty much entirely me at this point. Mm, Bonk- I mean, I I mean, like you and the original author, like yeah. they may have found some tech or something. DSDA run actually. Um, found like a pretty big skip in the towards the end of the game. So there's this one really long and slow water level where you have to like like go all the way to the right, then go up a little, and then go back all the way to the left. In the PCE version, it's possible to just skip all of that by jumping over the wall at the start. Like there's like you wow. fall into the fall into the um, water level, 
and then you could just jump over to the right, onto the top of the wall, and then go straight to the end. Segment. <laughs> That's right hilarious. Next to the start. That's always fun when you like. They have like an exit right next to the start, and they don't expect you to get to it that easily. Yep, Land of Illusion. So, um, why do you say specifically the PCE version there? Because in the NES version, that that area is actually two different screens, so you can't do that skip. So, is the NES version actually like a? Well, I want to say a port of the it, original. It's more like. like it's kind of a port, except there's actually some changes that resemble Bonk Three in a way. Like some changes, like some mechanics actually resemble Bonk Three a little more. Damage boosting works a little more like Bonk Three. Waterfalls work a lot more like Bonk Three. Like in Bonk, in the original PCE version, if you get hit by an enemy and you're moving, you will continue moving at that speed, but it you'll get set full, like you'll get you'll sort of like get a jump in the air. It's actually higher than like if you intentionally bounce off them, like like if you dive into them and do a ba- bounce, like it's higher than that. But it depends on which side of the enemy it's on. Like if you get if you get hit by the enemy on the left side, you get sent left. If you get hit on the right side, you get sent right at the same speed. So, I in some cases I intentionally get hit on the right side of the enemy, and that will allow me to keep, like, flower speed for longer. Hmm. Yeah, that's clever. But in the NES version, you just lose all speed if you get hit by an enemy. Same for... So does that mean that the PC version was more fun to Taz, or are there other benefits to the NES version? Um, like, there's some difference. I generally prefer the PCE version, but there were some fun things about the NES version. Um, there's not as much of a cooldown between attacking in the NES version. So, like, the best way to deal damage is to repeatedly bounce on the enemy's head. And NES, there's in a cooldown for that. And one boss doesn't have any invincibility frames. So you just repeatedly just drain its health by attacking over and over. It's like the second to last boss. Mm, yeah, that would be very satisfying. So I also like that boss in the PCE version because I have a different way of getting around that. Um, there's this attack it does that shoots like ninjas throws ninja stars at you and I hit them from below so bonk like after each attack I hit them from below so like when I'm going up I get bonk gets interrupted by hitting the ninja star from below so I could go down again faster okay I also do yeah that's cool I also do something similar in one of the bosses in bonk three I intentionally mm. keep this these enemies that the boss spawns alive. So I 
get hit, like, I hit them for low, and then I can attack the get boss again sooner. So, one thing you can do in the Bonk 1 engine is repeatedly bounce off of enemies that you've already defeated. Like, so when you bounce off an enemy, like, sometimes, like, it'll bounce, it'll go up in the air with you, it'll flip upside down. And depending on how much health it has, if it lands, it'll still be alive, or sometimes it'll just disappear, depending on when it hits the ground. One thing you can do in the Bonk 1 engine is use a, cor a corpse, basically, like, just repeatedly bounce off of a corpse before it hits the ground, so you use the same corpse to get more height. Like, you bounce off of it once, okay. it goes in the air... Then you bounce off it a second time to get more height. Can you bounce off of it if it's already hit the ground or not? No. Once it hit, well, it depends. If it still has health, yes, because then it just starts acting as normal, like you know, it's alive. If it hits the ground when the enemy has no more health, it just disappears. Okay. And there's a couple parts in the in Bonk One and in both versions of Bonk 1 and in Bonk 3, where I bounce off of, of the same enemy repeatedly. Is that something that might happen RTA, or is that, like, a little bit too it's precise? It's a little precise, but it probably could. Depends. So it wouldn't be outrageous if, like, casually you bounce twice off an enemy's head? Yeah. That add one health? Yeah. It's especially useful in um, bonk nests because in bonk PCE, um, if you repeatedly press jump while climbing, like in order to climb a waterfall, you have to repeatedly press jump. But every so often, he'll like do this jump, and that will give like a lot more vertical speed compared to just slowly climbing up the waterfall. However, that's not the case in every other bonk since. So, including Ness. So, in Ness, one thing I did was just repeatedly bonk off the same dead enemy for, like, this giant waterfall segment. <laughs> wow. I can't believe that's actually faster as slow. Oh, yeah. Well, climbing up the waterfall is really slow. Without jumps. I'm kind of imagining, like, Mario 64 swimming when you're saying that, like, sometimes you get a really big jump out of the water. That actually reminds me. Now I remember what I was going to say that I missed. Alright, so, in water, water works completely differently compared to Revenge. So, the key thing in this engine is that as long as you don't trigger swimming, like, there's, like, a specific swimming animation that you can do by with the d-pad you really don't want to do that in the bonk one engine because it will reset your speed to three so the key there is to just um control your height with um jumps and dives and that way you'll keep your speed whatever it was before and he once again holding neutral there yeah it's strange how you wouldn't lose your speed from holding neutral. I haven't seen many games that are like that. It's that 
thing is that if you pr if you press the direction on D-pad, you'll trigger the swimming motion. And that yeah, like hit the speed cap. It's not so much a speed cap; it's just that it completely changes your movement type. Like okay. swimming is a completely different movement type. Hmm. Yeah. But if you if you don't enter that swimming speed, you just move at the normal speed at whatever speed you were going before. Sometimes it's like beneficial to like do a flower boost and then intentionally land in the water because th that makes it really easy to just maintain speed because then you can just jump whenever mm. or dive whenever you need to. Yeah, that's clever. Usually what is not that beneficial, but <laughs> there you go. One more thing. In Bonk 1, the highest level beat does not replace your um, main attack on the ground. So you can still... So in Bonk 2, you breathe fire at max meat level. In Bonk 1, you don't. You still do the headbutt, which is important because otherwise you couldn't do the flower boosting. Yeah, yeah, that is good. <laughs> How convenient. However, transitioning um, to Bonk 3. Bonk 3. Levels 2 and 3 do, do, I mean, do in fact, breathe fire. So you you can no longer do the flower boosting. If you're at levels oh. 2 and 3. Why level 2 and 3? Level 1 um still has the headbutt, but... Like, you shoot a little star from your head instead. In level 3, is level 2 and 3... Level 2 and 3 have the same, like, bonk, like, shape. Like, bonk's butthead bonk at level 2 and 3. So how does the game justify changing the mechanics like that? Well, for the most part, it wouldn't matter. It's just only if you're trying to go fast where it does because why would you need to recoil off of a flower from the side casually it would probably um like annoy you just like getting set flying when you're trying to get an item a critical item from a flower yeah that is true it's probably why they did it to be annoying in the first place oh one weird thing about flower boosting you can only hit a flower on every other frame. I don't know why, but it's a thing in Bonk One, one in the Bonk One engine. So every other frame, you just miss. Okay, so you don't like go a little bit in and then hit it on the next frame. So the key thing is to like um, get as far as you can before, like on that frame roll. So like. So, like, if, say, frame one, I would miss. So then I try to land a little bit further to the right so that I can hit it on frame two, like, the first frame possible, but, like, you know, make frame two the first frame possible, but still go, but be a little further right rather than just waiting there for a frame. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
It would make it nicer to optimize, I suppose, being on those frame rules. Well, I guess when you got like a frame rule every two frames, you don't really have much to play with. Yep. Though, Bonk 3, um, the spinning speed possible is a bit slower compared to Bonk 1. So, you hover, your hover is not quite as strong. But there's still flower boosting and stuff. And a bunch of, it introduces a bunch of mechanics from Bonk 2. But it does them in the Bonk 1 engine. Which has some interesting repercussions. Like, so for levels, now I have to choose between meats or flowers, pretty much, because of that, um, because of the fire breathing. And, however, Bonk 3 uh, yeah. title is Bonk's Big Adventure. So that means in Bonk 3, they introduce a new mechanic entirely, which is these candies, which change your size. There's these candies that make Bonk really huge and candies that make Bonk really small. If you have one of those active and then touch a meat, you skip the animation for the meat. Okay, so you're trying to do this a lot in the Taz then? I'd imagine that's pretty overpowered. Yeah. So, so half the Taz is spent in small, pretty much. Because it's just... You just, because there's a bunch of short... There's one shortcut at the beginning of the game that's only possible when small. And the RTA didn't even realize it was there. Which was kind of a thing. But... Do the shortcuts, like, skip levels? Or do they just go to different spots in the same level? Different spots in the same level. Normally, you'd have to go down and around this ship. But here it just lets you go straight through it. Hmm. Yeah. It's always um, funny when like something intentional like that gets overlooked by speedrunners, even though they find all this other crazy tech. I had that in Land of Illusion recently as well. Here, basically, I did... I, I almost rerouted the entire thing from scratch. I used the least amount of prior work in Bonk 3 compared to like Bonk one and two, like the uh, there's there was one section in Bonk one which I actually had a lot of trouble just matching the previous task, but not the case in Bonk three. There was no prior work put into it. Basically, nobody knew it was even Bonk one engine, so it was pretty much like the only fresh Bonk for me. Mm, yeah, because there wasn't even a Taz in this like one run on speedrun.com and that one run had some issues like when it came to routing they went really out of their way for like extra lives and at one point they go for an extra life but accidentally end up triggering this bonus mini game instead first so they have to go all the way through the bonus mini game and then get the extra life <laughs> wow so like, you're making the test of that now. How far through are you, do you reckon? I'm basically done, but I'm polishing it up. I'm still finding w little places here and there where I can shave frames. Um, one, one important thing about Bonk 3 is that 
as I mentioned before, it does use some mechanics from Bonk 2. One of the mechanics is wall jumping. In Bonk 2, if you wall jump, you just go max whatever meat speed you're at. So, like, if it's re no meat, then you go max walk speed. If it's max meat, then it's max meat speed. In Bonk 3, it, it goes to speed 5, which is slightly faster than walking. So, the key there is, like... The, the level's design is a lot more complicated than in Bonk 1, so I can't just rely on flowers to just fly across the entire stage. It's a lot more vertical, a lot more zigzaggy. So oftentimes, I just wall jump of things to get speed. And that includes just walking off of a ledge, turning around in midair, and then wall jumping immediately. Oh, I love it when games are like that. They need more of them. <laughs> the the thing is, whenever you walk off of a ledge, it resets your speed to zero, which makes wall jumping really easy because then you could just immediately turn around and then do a wall jump. It's not as fast as mm. meat or as flower boosting, but it it's really handy. And it's part of why Bonk 3 is my favorite, because like I don't see walls. I see speed boosters. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I remember doing some sort of game where, like, yeah, every corner you could actually gain a little boost off of. It was, yeah. And it's it can be quite hard, I've found, as well, if you've got a game like that. Sometimes you may even forget. You just see, like, a ledge or something, and you forget to do that wall jump thing on one of them. I'm not sure if you've run into that yet, or... Not... Not too much. Ledges... Like, once... At first, I wasn't the biggest fan of passing Bong 3. Like, the first stage was alright, but it's like... This feels kind of like a gimped Bong 1, because, as I mentioned before, the hovering is a bit slower. Like, you can't hover as fast. Like, you can't, like, press the attack button as fast. So you drop a lot quicker. But then level two happened, and I'm like, oh, wall jumping's really broken in this game. All right. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe you could find something in the snares bunk and make that fun. Uh, I have my doubts, especially because that is the only one with an auto, really long auto score. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is that. One important trick is actually getting in between speeds. Like, in between amounts of hovers. So, like, you can hover, like, you can press the attack button as fast as possible, and, like, you'll get... And, like, your speed, your vertical speed will be reset each time. However, there's sometimes where you want to go a little further, but adding an extra hover will make you go too far. So what I do throughout the task is I actually intentionally space out the inputs so that I get just a little extra distance before like I reset the speed. And that's okay well, like... optimize. Like normally it's like 
six and six or nine and six if you have meat but sometimes you want to do like seven and seven and that'll make you go a little further but sometimes like if you hover like sometimes like it just you just want a little extra speed to win on a specific spot like in the bonk one engine if you like there's like a line at the end of each stage where if you land on that land, if you're walking on that line, it'll trigger the next, it'll trigger the end of the screen. But if you're in the air, it won't trigger. So you want to land just on that line. So you find cheating a height with the hover to try and control exactly where you're landing. And sometimes adding an extra hover will just result in you landing with your head on the ground. Because that's how the timing worked out. So uh, I spaced out my inputs then as well. Mm. Yeah, that'd be like very hard to notice on a macro scale too. Another thing is that because of the wall jumps... The ice slipping thing becomes even better, where I mentioned before in bulk one, if you do an airspin and then land on ice, you start slipping. And I only do that off of ledges. Now, if I go off of a ledge, I can then immediately follow up with a wall jump. Oh, nice. So, what, in Bonk 1, you couldn't even, like, preserve your ice speed. You had to lose oh. it when you went off the ledge. Yeah. But in Bonk 3, you can follow it up. You do lose it, but you get the 5 speed from a wall jump then. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. And... Mm, it's good that it's not too OP with the wall jumps, either. Yeah. Bulk 3, I feel, like strikes that perfect balance between like bulk one and punk two it has a lot of the cool bulk one tech like fire boosting and all that but it has a lot more complicated level design which makes things a lot more interesting like as bulk two style levels hmm yeah no it does sound like a good mix shame that the physics got a bit nerfed but what can you do really it it, it more than made up for it in my opinion yeah. Those the about the candy thing, I like use small for like the majority of the game. However, there's only one disadvantage to small, and that is that you jump less high. So does the size carry over between levels and stuff? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So why not use big? Big, you hover slower. It's barely hovering, pretty much. And it's just a lot awkward to maneuver. I use it once at the very end of the game for a shortcut. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. There's so one, why don't you... One occasion where... So, the only times I do get meats, I'm obviously small, for the most part, because that allows me to skip the animation. 
I only want to do it if there's like a lot of back and forth or just not any flowers available. However, there's one stage at the end of the game where I do not want to be small when I collect meat. There's a reason for that. The reason is, if you are sm small or big, it will, when you get hit by an enemy, it will take away your size before it will affect your power-up level. So if I want to get rid of power-up level 2, which is important because in power-up level 2, I cannot flower boost. So there's one time I go through the animation just because I want to be able to get rid of power-up level 2 in the next stage. So can you not, like, get the meat and then lose small? You you would have to get hit twice. Okay, yeah. And that was slower than getting hit once. But going through the animation. There's, a, there's, also, there's also an animation for getting shrunken and, get, getting, and growing, but it's a lot shorter than the animation for grabbing the meat. It's like a couple frames compared to the meat, which is like a second. So it's You'd only have it. to see it once, really. So it's mostly worth it to grab the um, candies, but not in that one case. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they added a lot more intricacies to play with. It sounds like a pretty interesting one. Um, is it much longer than the other games in the series? Because I noticed the speed run was Not longer. at all. It's actually... Well, the record was like 45 minutes. It's shorter than... The task is shorter than Bulk 1 PCE. Wow. But longer <laughs> than Rebecca. Okay. Alright, the one problem with Bulk 1... There's a bunch of cutscenes at the end of the game. Actually, there's a bunch of cutscenes, period. But there's these slow cutscenes after every boss, and then there's a slow cutscene before the bulk rush. Yeah, boss rush, not bulk rush. There's not as many cutscenes in 2 or 3, and there's some that are skippable in 2. I take it you have to do an input after the cutscenes at the end of Bunk 1. No, but actually, that reminds me of the one thing I missed about Bonk 1. In Bonk 1, you actually do want to get one Smiley at the end of each level. So, Smileys in Bonk 1 restore your health at the end of each stage. How normally you would think, oh, that that that's time that's wasted because it has to man wait for it to refill the health before it can end the stage. However, if you get only one smiley, the health refill, you know, triggers the um, end round screen a little later. But somehow the end round screen is actually shorter with one smiley compared to zero. So, Why does that happen? I'm not quite sure. I I'm guessing it's just how to due to how the music looped or something. I don't remember, but it mm. it just happened to be the fastest is to grab one smiley each stage that has a standard eight stage end. The last level, of course, it doesn't matter how many you get because 
after you beat that boss, it's the end. Yeah, that would have occurred to me because I didn't like I don't usually listen to the music when tazzing, so that's <laughs> oh, interesting. But in Bonk Three, um, smileys are used for mini games afterwards. It doesn't matter how many you have; you always go to that menu. So it doesn't matter if you have smileys or not in Bonk Three. So at least you don't have to avoid them, I suppose. Yeah, you don't have to avoid them, but. It's a quick input to just skip the mini games. Like you, basically, you can save and spend smileys for why for mini games for chance for chances for lives. Yeah, it doesn't seem that good. Not in a house. <laughs> but you have to go to that menu no matter how many smileys, so it doesn't ends up not mattering whether you have them or not. The other mm, thing yeah, about convenient. Bonk 3 is that bosses are a bit weird. So Bonk actually has two hitboxes in this game when you um, do do an attack in midair. One, it, he does this when he's flipping, he does this attack to the side. That does one damage. And then he does a downwards one, which is... Then he starts diving, which is two, if you land on an enemy. The key to optimizing boss fights is to get both of those. So I have to hit the corner of the hitbox of each boss. So I get the first one, and then immediately land on the boss and get the second hit. Do you have to wait for the boss's iframes, or can you actually get both in? Most bosses don't have iframes. Okay, that's convenient. <laughs> Though, I do have to do a little bit of extra flipping in order to get that second hit. So, so it's like slightly, the like the rate at which I'm doing damage is like slightly slower, but because I'm get, doing three damage instead of two, it, it ends up faster. Mm. But yeah, and are the bosses are low enough that you could, like, based on the odd and evenness, doing three is a big deal. Yeah. Um. Though sometimes bosses move, and if you do, if they are moving, then it could be impossible to get that like, like three damages of two. And since I'm tiny for most of the game, I really want to avoid getting hit. Because that'll cause an animation where I can't do anything. Hmm. Okay. Does it is it easier to like maneuver around the boss's hitboxes and stuff when you're tiny or so? I don't think it really matters too much, but it probably helps a little. It just works out sure. that this bastard would be tiny most of the game anyways. Well, that makes sense if you're skipping the meat animation there. Yeah. Let me think. There's one other thing I was supposed to say. Oh, yes. Um, waterfalls in this game, normally you repeatedly press the jump button to climb them, and it's really slow. However, if you exit the waterfall from the side, Bonko do a jump. So the key is to, like repeatedly jump out 
in and out of the waterfall from the side to get height. Oh, I imagine that'd look pretty fast in the Taz. Are there many waterfalls in the game? Not too many, but it... Like, I discovered this, like, in, like, World 5 of, like, 7 or something like that. Like, there's, like, not not many waterfalls where it's required until then. Did you have to go back and redo any when you discovered it or no? No. There, There just wasn't any waterfalls to that point. At least not any that it mattered. Yeah. Like, I skipped them for various other ways. It's definitely frustrating if you, like, discover something and then have to go back and redo everything you've already done. Though that has happened recently in a different way. Um, I found out that a different set of... So... I mentioned before you can walk off of a ledge and immediately do a wall jump. I found out that there's a different set of inputs to do it, where which sometimes give you one extra pixel, but only sometimes so you, on your like position and stuff. Have you gone back and got all those extra pixels? I'm working on that now. Nice. So does that mean this game is more sync-friendly, or are you actually going to have to redo? Absolutely. I think it, it either resets the sub-pixels or something, but it it is incredibly sync-friendly compared to the others. Man, Bunk 3 is looking pretty good. <laughs> I, I, the re-record ha- count is higher than every other Bunk as well, but Ness. And that was because Ness was my first, so I was, like, mostly clueless. So what's the re-record count sitting at now? It's, like, 1,100. I mean, not 1,100. Um, 110,000 or something like that. Wow. That's pretty intense for, like, a 20-minute 2D game. Hmm. Cool. So when are you expecting it to be finished up all these minor improvements by? Not sure. Soon, hopefully, but not sure. And are you going to... So, like, you're submitting it to Taz Videos, I take it, when it's done? After after Frame Fatal. I submitted it to Frame Fatal, and it got in. So. so oh, congratulations. So the first showing of it will be at the marathon. So is there, like, a link or something that I can put in there for people to check it out? Not not, not this one yet. Um, well, the marathon will be hosted on the GameStone Quick channel, but I could probably link the um, marathon schedule. Yeah, that'd be cool. If you could message me that schedule, then people can you know, have a look in the show notes and check out when it is and stuff. Um, it's not that often that you see Taz showings at marathons. That's one thing know, I, I've any... been like specifically wanting to do. Like partly, like I've been wanting to say show like one complaint some people have about Taz showings and marathons is that oh you could just look it up on YouTube beforehand. Well, not if there it's not even on YouTube beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
That is a problem, but it's the commentary that you do it for, I think. Yeah. Hmm. But I also watching Taz's can be a bit bland if you're not sure what's going on as well. I think it's. I think Bonk's relatively straightforward to watch. It it's mostly clear what's going on, aside from the. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean in general, of yeah, course. But uh, the double hit thing in on bosses, you'll have no idea it's happening if I didn't tell you. Yeah, a lot of Tazas are like that. A lot of subtle things, you have no idea what's happening. So when is when is this marathon? So it will have to be done before then, obviously. I remember I remember it's in August. I forget the exact dates off the top of my head. Um since I was having problems with my mic beforehand, I'm a little nervous to open up any programs that aren't necessary. <laughs> no worries, yeah. Well, well, we'll have the schedule in the show notes anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I remember it's like end of August, like August 25th or something like that. I forget. Hmm. Yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll look forward to catching it and seeing it on Taz videos, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone happens to be listening around then, they can always go and vote on Taz videos or check out the marathon run or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And was there anything else you wanted to cover with them or... Anything else in general? Oh, the other thing. I really, really like Boxy's music. Um, probably my favorite <laughs> of the bunch when it comes to music, especially the final boss. Like, the final boss is like... Alright, so... The final boss in the, was almost really good, casually. Almost. There's one problem, and that is that the hitboxes are kind of buggy. But the concept is amazing. So, as I mentioned before, in this game, Bonk can change size. The final boss changes size. And that's, like, the gimmick. Is like, you face these different forms, and, like, some of them are tiny, some of them are huge. And Do you have to change size along with it as well? No, no. Um, there's no power-ups in bosses. But... I still find it really cool whenever, like, a final boss, like, takes the central mechanic of the game and turns it against you or something. I really love it when games do that. I just wish that the hitboxes were a bit better. Hmm. Yeah. Well, people will remember the concept rather than the hitboxes, I think, when they play it. Uh, I remembered the hitboxes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're a tacit, though. Honestly, it was less frustrating in the task than it was in casual. Mm, yeah, definitely. But you, don't, you don't realize how bad some hitboxes are when you're tasking, because you just like try and inch, inch closer and closer until it works, I suppose. Oh, one thing about the final boss. I accidentally ended up mooning it. I showed it my ass. Uh, that was completely by accident, but I'm weaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have to keep my eye out for that in the showing, I think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, it, I didn't realize you could even do that in these games. Well, like the headbutt animation, like Bonk, like leans forward. And once I, like, did it in the facing away from the boss. So, 
obviously when you're leading forward, you know it's showing. <laughs> yeah, the game is quite suggestive sometimes. Yeah, I've been enjoying all the, like, um, like, it seems to be quite a funny game, like, saying it's for all the bonk kids, and I think he had some other jokey funny thing from the game. Yeah, you love bonk free. It's just the random sign that says that, and it's oh, yeah. practically advertising the game after you've already bought it. I can definitely see a point to that, yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it seems pretty good. Um, so yeah, I'll be sure to link the showing if you send me the schedule or something. And yeah, um, so where can people find you? What you're working on and stuff? Do you often stream your work, or do you tend to just? I barely ever stream. I sometimes upload? stream, but then I ne often stop. Like I haven't bothered recently. Like. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I imagine a lot of memory a lot of your other work TAS. is judging and whatnot. Twitch.tv memory TAS is when where I stream, but it's fairly rare. Um I'm on Twitter at memory TAS. Um on task videos on memory on Discord on memory TAS. Google, like, YouTube searching Memory TAS will probably bring up my channel. Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> it's an old channel, yeah, so... I should hope so. It's an old channel, and Memory wasn't, like, my first na username, so... I I'm not always sure how that works. Mm. Yeah. But I'm sure people will be able to find it, and I'll have a link to it, too. Cool. Yeah, and um, I, you've done a lot of other tasks as well, so we did talk a lot about Bonk Free today, but I think people would have a good time looking through everything else you've done as well. Hmm. Not to mention all the tasks that you've judged, all 100 and whatever of them. I think I've reached 100. Yeah, I've reached 100. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I was, I was taking a look um, earlier. I, I also tried to see if you judged any of mine, but turns out you've only done one. I thought you'd done more than that, but yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I enjoyed finding out a lot more about Bonk. Uh, seemed like a pretty obscure game, but it's nice to have such a dedicated community. It seems pretty unique and cool. Yeah. It's that thing where, like, it was big for the TurboGrafx-16, but the problem is that the TurboGrafx-16 is already pretty small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, I remember first hearing about the series in Nintendo Power when um, Virtual Console was a thing. Like, they made a big deal about, like, the TurboGrafx-16 and that. And obviously one of the games they brought up was Monk. That was my introduction to the series. I didn't realize they still had Nintendo Power when the Wii was out. Oh, yeah. I think it might have died, like, right before the Wii U or, like, right after. Hmm. Yeah, I always imagined it being kind of like they started advertising GameCube, then it died. So it must have gone a lot longer than I thought. But, yeah, Virtual Console was more or less my introduction. 
there was actually about to be another bonk released for like WiiWare, um, PSN, and Xbox Live Arcade. The problem was, um, you might have remembered the 2010 or 2011 earthquake in Japan. Mm, yeah, and th- that was pretty much why development was canceled. I think wow. a part of it was because, um, like, um, like the plot of the game was like prehistoric meltdown. Like there would be like a co- ma- major catastrophe happening in the bonk world, and they might have felt it would be like insensitive, like right after the earthquake. I th- that's what I read. That's fair enough. But yeah, maybe they, maybe it'll come to light someday. Maybe we'll, we'll now, have Bunk and Smash. Now, <laughs> now, now HUD, all of Hudson Soft's properties are owned by Konami, so it it's like very. It feels very dead. There's a reason people don't like Konami nowadays. But anyways, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. I enjoyed hearing a lot about it and. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening as well. All right. Bye.